Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 36, show where we answer all of life's kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Sarshine. And I'm your co-host, Miss Mimi. Miss Mimi, I got the intro right on the first time. The first time. I mean, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Uh, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Be happy for for me. Let me have this. (laughs) Let me have this. Mimi, we are not alone. Uh, We have a guest tonight. Yeah, hell we do. Yeah, we do. And I'm not just talking about the very, very, very full live recording uh, audience, which, oh, one, two, three, that's a bigger number than I know how to count to. We have a lot of people joining us, but one of them is extra super duper special. And I think he should introduce himself. I agree. Why don't you introduce yourself, friend? Hi there, I'm Juicebox, and uh, I'm an ABDL artist. Juicebox, the famous ABDL artist from Twitter. Oh my gosh. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. Uh, for those keeping score at home, the new uh, Dear Jazzy thumbnail art was done by none other than Juicebox. And you may also have seen his work on God on Twitter, on the Cushy Pen, on his Patreon. Uh, and on gracing the cover of The Usual Bet as well. How are you doing, Juicy? I'm doing great. How about how about the both of you? How are you both doing? Oh, we're doing, you know, the best we can for, you know, living through 2020, but overall pretty good. Good. Now, oh, my God. <laughs> Did you just really? Okay, this is. <laughs> For those uh, listening to the recorded podcast, not the live show, Juice apparently has a collection of <laughs> of doodles that he has prepared for over the course of the show <laughs> and just dropped the first one. <laughs> and it's brutal. Uh, these are all at, go- the most inop- at the most inopportune moments. I have a few doodles here and I'll just drop them. Good. Oh, dear. <laughs> game so be prepared. <laughs> am, I, am i of the understanding that these will all be on twitter when the show goes uh live on spotify and itunes if, if you if you want them there then then they'll be there i want them there i really <laughs> do <laughs> uh so that's how i'm doing mimi how are you doing i'm uh, pretty good just Still pretty waiting good? to find out well you know Still waiting to find out more information about work, which is fun. Got a haircut. Uh, my head is significantly lighter and colder now. Um, <laughs> that was years lower. That was the struggle <laughs> when I first started uh, shaving my mohawk during my band days. Is all of a sudden the winter got a lot colder, and it really sucked. I mean, I can finally feel my neck again. <laughs> That's a bonus. It's it's good. It's a good haircut. I'm I'm happy with it. It's it's good. It's um, super duper cute. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm pretty happy. It's, it's really like good. a it's like a an angled an angled bob, and like 
the one part and I know it's like part of the style and it's good. And when I actually, you know, take the time to style my hair the way it's supposed to be, it makes sense. But if I just roll out of bed and be like, I don't feel like doing it because my bangs are sideswept. There's one section of my bangs that's just longer than everything else. So it like sticks out like maybe an inch just longer than everything. And it's driving me crazy. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to do no, it. I'm going to cry. Don't, don't, do don't, 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 don't. Literally, <laughs> all last night, Dan and I were watching fail compilations of people using like kindergarten safety scissors to cut their hair straight across. Oh, it's no. just so bad. Don't do it. If I t- if if I touch or edit my haircut in any way or let anybody else touch or edit my haircut in any way, my hairdresser will have my guts for garters. Like she will destroy me. For context, she is such a badass hairdresser that she started her studies in at the the Moscow hairdressing school. Went Duh, to the comrade. UK, studied in the UK came to Canada and she's like, I'm just that good. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Comrade. That's awesome. The Moscow lick. The Moscow lick. <laughs> oh my God. Only if Don't you drink a Moscow she'll, mule. When you she'll do that. that to you. If you start fucking around with her work. Damn. Yeah. I wouldn't she's, play around with that. She's good. She's good people. She should like be doing something extreme. She's like, I wish you would have told me you were cutting off this much hair. I was kind of surprised. And I'm like, I mean, so is everybody else. Nobody else really knows. <laughs> and she's like, well, um, you know, do I look worried? I'm like, I don't know. Do you? And she's like, if I'm not worried, you shouldn't be worried. Just don't freak out. OK, <laughs> that, that that's exact cause to worry. <laughs> that is exact cause to worry. She's great. <laughs> she costs a fortune, but she's great. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> a good haircut is so worth like, you know, what else is a that. really great investment? Patreon. Yes, our Patreon, which you can subscribe to right now at patreon.com slash Jasmine Starshine to help the ongoing production of the show and get you some dank jazzy porn uh, coming in hot at the one dollar vanilla tier. We've got Jamie and Melvin, Phil 258 and Raystar and the five dollar Kingster tier. We've got AB Michael Casa, Christian Club Pulse, Juicebox and Skywalker. I know Juicebox. He's hanging out with us right I'm now in, too. in the $10 fetishist tier i almost got them mixed up there we've got annie and Brya who says diapers in the 15 dollars sinner tier we've got daddy gray who says here we go daddy says remember you're not padded so no messies during the show moving on we have princess sarah imp wrath kaneko and joe who says shout out to juice the amazing artist Aww, wholesome. Aww. Nah. Jazzy's living dangerously, I hear. What? You're living dangerously, I hear. What am I doing? Well, based on your daddy's shout out, you're living fairly dangerously. I I'm letting my bits air out. I (laughs) let me have this. I didn't say it wasn't valid. I'm just saying you're living dangerously. I mean, that that's a question for him. And now we're going to move into the interview. (laughs) All right. Uh, juice. Thank you for coming on the show. This is an advice. Of course, this is a show where people ask us questions, 
but occasionally we really enjoy asking other people questions, which is what we're going to do right now. And the first of those is, how did you get into creating art? In general or in this particular community? In general. Uh, just watching a lot of cartoons and finding out I had nothing else going for me as a five-year-old. <laughs> I just was like, I don't, I don't know what I want to be. I don't know. Do I want to be, I, as, as a kid, I'm like, I want to be a, the president. And then I realized it was way too hard and I've been proven wrong many and many times. Uh, and I was just like, I guess art was the thing that was a stress reliever for me. Like I can kind of, whenever I was sad or upset, uh, which was a lot as a kid, I would go in the corner and just sort of draw. I can get all my frustrations out. So it started as sort of a stress relieving thing. And then it became Mm. a like, oh, this could be a job or this could be a livelihood. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, it's been downhill ever since. Yeah. Uh, what kind of cartoons <laughs> downhill? What kind of cartoons were you into growing up? I had like every Disney movie on VHS tape. So nice. I just had a closet full of tapes and I just would rewatch the same like 10, 15 movies over and over again. And of course, like there was Nickelodeon and Curtain Work in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I was just constantly bombarded with stuff. So it was, it was, there's a lot of inspiration coming from many, many places. The VCR was my best friend. <laughs> as a, as a, as a <laughs> I, was, I was going to say that's also coming from the era where cartoons were still uh, cell animated and hand drawn and everything. So that was that also a huge influence? It just, uh, I was, I could, I guess just from seeing so much of it, I became very observant as to like, why does this look different from this? Like, it always bothered me that, like, watching Mickey Mouse cartoons as a kid, I didn't understand, like, in why in one cartoon he would have little dot eyes, and in the next cartoon he would have full-on pupils and Caucasian skin, and it just, it really kind of bothered me as a kid, because you would just go from one sh- cartoon to another, and the, the designs would keep changing. I didn't mm-hmm. understand why. And, like, some cartoons would be black and white, and some would be in color, and I didn't understand it. So it kind of was just that curiosity got me more transfixes to like different styles and different eras of animation and cartoons and how each, you know, different little nuances and everything. That's actually really, really interesting. I never, I never thought about it through that lens. That's actually really cool. Like the historical, like the stylistic comparison and like, trying to develop your own style from looking at the, at the spread of that. That's really cool. Yeah. Like what, like what rubs off, like what, what inspires you and what kind of just, or bothers you to the point where you actively either seek it out or avoid, or avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of along the same lines, uh, another kind of like softball question. How did you get into ABDL? Um, I actually had, um, Back when I was in about, I think I was about 14 or 15, I started having, I was really stressed and really, and I started getting really, um, uh, like, I guess, I guess you would call it an or like you would, I would start to have problems like wetting in my sleep or having issues like that. And then I mm-hmm. was going online to um, look it up and be like, what is the problem? Why am I, why, why am I this way? And then I just stumbled across ABDL, and it was this 
looking at it, having a like, what's what is it, the character from Ratatouille? The 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 the, the critic eats the ratatouille, and then like it's flashback yeah, yeah. to God. Like just reading up on ADL just reminded me of all the scenes and cartoons that made me feel weird as a kid, mm-hmm. and it was just like it like just downhill spiral of like, am I into this? Is this like something I'm into? This is so right, like, weird. I don't get oh it. Oh no, fetish unlocked. It. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh no, like that one cartoon, you know, where the character gets diapered by a robot or the, uh, God forbid, like half the episodes of Rugrats. Like, it's like, oh no, what is going on? This isn't right. No, stop, put it back. Um, and then just, I, I guess, it's like, I guess I'm into this now. And then I discovered artists like there was art people were drawing art of it i'm like oh that's kind of cool and i started drawing that kind of art and then it just sort of blossomed from there but yeah no i totally feel that in regards to like there were definitely certain cartoons where it's like oh this is weird this is that i mm, go and change the channel now and i'm having feelings I'm having weird feelings because I want that done to me and I relate to this not because it was like a like weird sexual thing watching Rugrats not at all it's just like a, oh, oh I, no yeah I want this to be me and I have complex feelings about this and I remember it's something wondering- I always it's, it's something I always wondered too about like people who are into certain thing like feet like do they just like start looking at someone and then just look down their body and be like oh that looks nice mm, okay get to the feet going okay I guess I'm into feet like is that like how it's like, I don't understand. I never understood how it just sort of happens. It just, I don't know. You know, there's but. a lot of talk, you know, it's, it's got to be like some sort of like sexual imprinting or like a lot of like people who subscribe to Freudian theory talk about like early childhood, like what happened when you were potty training? And it's just like, mm. we know that Freud, we talked about how much of, a, you know, a, a fuckhead that Freud is on the last episode, but you know, there's there is a lot of you know thought that can be done around sexual imprinting and that sort of thing. And I remember like one of the moments that came to me of like a kind of like Swiver going, "Oh no, he's hot!" Like the like the like one of the moments where it's just like, "Oh, I think this is a thing that I'm into." Was um, I was on Deviant Art in the in the in the 2000s. Because once again, everyone knows that I was and still am an emo kid and always will be. And I was looking up uh, <laughs> AFI fan art and downstairs, daddy's probably laughing his head off at me. But if you know the band AFI, they're the band that did Miss Murder on Guitar mm. Hero. And they are so hot. Even in 2020, they are very sexy people. But in 2007, 2008, 2009 they were even more so because they had like the emo aesthetic and everything and in the fan art one of them was like an abdl themed piece of the band and half of them were caregivers and half of them were smalls and it's like oh no and this is also the era where like shipping the band was super fucking big like Half the people that were like signed up for their official fan club, like me, were just like hardcore, like shipping the band members. Oh, yeah, like Jade and Davey, hot. And so seeing that, it was just like, oh, this is random to come up in my search for <laughs> Davey X Jade fan art. Hmm. 
I wonder why this came up. And it just kind of like, then I started doing research and then I found a disc at 13 and then bad things happened on a disc and I left a disc, but you know, that's sort of, that was sort of the beginning of the end. I totally like, I totally stiff armed that topic. I am so sorry. Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Ashley in the chat says, LOL. So random. It's, fu- it's funny. I just, I was just reminded speaking of bands and stuff. I, one of my friends in the, in our local, um, age play community where I'm from, um, they introduced me to this one musician. I forget her name, but she did an album and her music video. It's like a, it was almost like a baby themed album. She's like a pop singer. And Melanie she did a Martinez. bunch of music. That's it. That's who it is. Melanie Martinez. And I'm like, thank you and it's it was funny because she showed me these these music videos and it's like to, for us in the community it's like oh it's, it's catering exactly to how you know our interests or whatever but i'm just wondering how this is going to affect like it's like the didn't miley cyrus also do a video that's kind of like that and i'm like wondering i always wonder how like that like affects a whole generation of people like there's going to be something like how like for furries, there was Robin Hood, and there's always like a movie every five or ten years that just sort of is the like furry introduction movie to a whole generation of kids or people. So it's like, I'm not, probably the same. I, I'm not saying I want Robin Hood to bone me dirty, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I was I was thinking about that when Millie Martinez was super duper big, like a few years ago. Is Obviously, as an as an emo kid, I frequent Hot Topic, and I'm pretty sure all the clothes I'm wearing right now came from there. But, uh, you know, I would see so many of her shirts and her merch and her albums there. And a lot of them had the, the crybaby branding on them. And, like, yeah. iconography that's very, like, hand-in-hand hand with our community. And it's, like, Hot Topic is a store that primarily caters two teenagers like alternative teenagers and alternative young adults and then alternative adults a huge part of their revenue comes from teenagers and you know part of me wonders is like you know how much of this is like aesthetic and how much of this is like is melanie being like legit like is she actually into into this and is just like figuring out a way to turn like a kink slash lifestyle into an aesthetic and marketed to teenagers if so it's kind of yucky and then the case of miley cyrus who's like literally been photographed wearing like either like an m4 or an either way it was like white diaper blue tapes and everyone's like oh we know what that is and also with a little for big passy on her twitter so it's very clear but also it's just like you know it's just like this is technically a celebrity giving us representation, but is this the the representation that we want? And again, we talked but about is it, this. It's, again, it's coming from a genuine place or is it like, did they just be like, Hey, for this music video, I'm going to dress up like a baby. And it's going to be sort of like what the words I'm saying don't, you know, they're, they're contrasting to the imagery that I'm, that I'm in right now. And they don't really get it. Like since they're not, if they, if they are into it, that's one thing, but if they're not into it, do they just think of it as just sort of like a ha ha, because anybody can easily make a joke about it and make it seem stupid and irrelevant. But, yeah. Um, but, like it's, yeah, it's, that's something I always wondered. Like, oh, like, for us, since we're on, on this side of the fence, it's like, 
we have to look into it a certain way. But for, to them, they might think of it as just like, haha, funny, or haha, this is going to be interesting. But they don't look into it. But then they discover, oh, this is like a thing for people. Weird. You know? Right, exactly. And it would be one thing if like Cardi B like went full out in like, I'm trying to think of a brand that isn't little for big because they're racist and transphobic, but like onesies down under, there we go. If, if Cardi B came out in like a onesies down under for like one show and then like did another outfit and, and it didn't come up again, everyone would be like, Oh, say, you know, that's, that's cool. Wet ass pussy. Awesome. Uh, but you know, there are definitely some celebrities that like, hint 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 hint, and kind of like drag it along a little bit so and then it, that just leaves us like chin scratchy a little bit and yeah that's something that you'll that's a, to their dying day they'll never publicly ever say something so it's always just going to be that perpetual question that's never going to be answered right exactly but also uh, it's like with us it's like it's a part of it is their personal life but if they want to but the thing is if they're if it's part of their personal life but then they're also kind of like hinting and airing it out you can interpret that either way. Like if it is their personal life, they can do whatever they want, but are they also hinting at people that this is what they're into? Things like that. Right. Right. So this is kind of, uh, I don't want to like change the topic because this is really good. But the, uh, the next question I had for you is, Oh God. <laughs> Juice. What the hell? <laughs> For those listening at home, Juice just shared another. <laughs> oh my god, that's brutal! <laughs> Damn. Should I say sorry, not sorry? <laughs> <laughs> Look at oh my, my face, though. <laughs> oh my god, Mimi, you're stunned, and I'm just like angry. <laughs> oh even, my not god! Even, not even stunned, like oh my god, this is so unique. It's just like oh, this happened. I feel like, like that like, face is the quintessential, like, oh, dear face. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's funny. It's <laughs> really funny. Oh, my God. That caught me really off guard. Perfect segue. That's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> this is literally a perfect segue. How did you get into the world of ABDL art commissions? I don't really, It's funny. I don't really do commissions. I just I draw and then for friends or for like. If the idea interests me, I'll be like, I'll do it. But I'm very, like, I have friends of mine both in and out of the community who do commissions either for a living or it's, it's a majority of their income comes mm-hmm. from working from home and doing commissions. And um, I just, I don't know how they do it. Like, I don't know how they manage their time. And they obviously, because of how much practice they get, they uh, can do their commissions very fast. They could do it beautifully. They know how to do beautiful shading and beautiful inking and how to kind of economize their, their, um, uh, not their tactic, but their approach or their, their workflow. And then, but still come out with really beautiful art and then do it on a regular basis. Like that to me is so, um, daunting and something I'm actually not very, I feel not very good at because I also work full time doing art. So it's sort of like, the energy I, I, it's how much creative energy can you give out a day? And can I go home after working all day and now work on more art in front of a computer for another three or four hours? And I can't, like, I personally can't do that as effectively as other people can. But, um, the re, I, you know, I got into the art, the art scene, at least in the community here, just because of people that I met through forums 
like when I first sort of like discuss, discovering the community and then discovering that there was an ABDL art community and then talking to people through forums, like at the back of the day, it was, um, oh, what was it called? Uh, Fox Tales Times, which was an old forum, which I don't think, oh, it's, I think wow. it's defunct. It's old, long time ago, and I think it's defunct. I don't even know if it's still there anymore. If it is, it's, it's, it's probably just sort of a dead zone. I, have, I haven't even I, visited that site. In it's still online, eight. and it's really like crunchy, like Web 2.0. Yeah, like it was, I mean, the website was, I think even when I first discovered it, it was, it felt dated compared to other websites. And that was yeah, 10, that was a decade ago. So I don't even remember. Right. But I remember discovering a lot of artists and a lot of stories through there. And I was like, oh, wow, like this is interesting. And people, and the thing that got me too is that on the same subject of the art was also the writing and meeting, meeting writers and then reading their their stories and the fact that like oh they have you know the kinky aspect of oh, diapers haha but it's also like well-written stories with characters and actual development and they they grow and they're very nuanced and deep and they just it just so happens to be an abdl kink story or whatever and that i think it's inspired me too because the are too and maybe this is going up i'm kind of detouring from your question so i apologize but um okay. part of it is just like like cheesecake and pinups and stuff is fun. Like it's cool and it's cute to see like, Oh, favorite, you know, here's this character in a diaper and here's them posing in a crib. But it's, I also like the idea of storytelling of telling a story in my art. So I also like to kind of capture a moment in time and not have it be just like, you know, oops, you know, like, or like a, or like a copper tone ad where like the, the, the girl's uh, bathing suit is pulled back by the dog. Right, like right. it's sort of like oh it's a, it's a co it's a cute coquettish moment but I, there's I almost feel there's a little bit more to that so maybe that's why it takes me so long to do a lot of my art it's just that I'm always trying to infuse a little bit more than just let me just draw something in a diaper real quick and post it oh uh, I put right. I, I, I put way too much thought and I overthink everything but um I think I detoured though from your original question what was your <laughs> your initial question I thought it <laughs> Uh, it, it was, how did you get into ABDL art? And if I need to dip for about like 10 minutes or so, so I'm going to copy and paste the remaining questions to Mimi here, and I'm going to let her take it away. I'll be back very momentarily. Uh, don't let me stop you. Please keep going. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry. It's all good. Take your time. Hi, Mimi. You've been very quiet. I'm supposed to... Yeah. I've been actively listening. I Oh, well, good. I very much enjoy, you know, hearing what you have to say. Yeah, I hope I'm not rambling. I, I tend to ramble. So I apologize. Well, honey, we've had guests on this show that ramble much, much more than you do. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You're totally fine. Um, yeah, did you have any any other kind of comments about that specific question? Like... About about the about like how did I fall into the yeah. community and that the art community? Well, there was a couple artists that I um, met, discovered, and met through the Foxtails Times forums. And sadly, I don't really t I don't talk to them anymore because you know uh, drama or what have you. But like people like Rocket Manatee, who's I think still tops in the in the community. He's there's such a good artist and. Um, See, Rage Man is really good, and Cricket's really good. And then, like, you, 
and I got onto Cushy Pan. I was invited onto Cushy Pan. And uh, I met a lot of really great artists through there, and all inspiring in different ways. And um, and then when I, I left uh, when I left Cushy Pen, um, there was still a lot of artists that I kind of either discovered or rediscovered afterwards, and kind of I feel inspired by uh, every day. And so I, it, it definitely left a bigger influence than I ever thought it would ever leave on me. Yeah, it definitely helps meeting like fellow artists that are inspiring to like your own work. They kind of help. Almost, yeah, I don't want to say mention... lay the groundwork, but like you know, they help. They just help kind of shape what you decide you want to do with your. With yeah, your art. and and also too, and I think, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm speaking very mostly for myself, and I'm I'm sure there's other artists that feel the same. But it's like I guess anybody who falls into this community. Um, in any way, whether you're an artist or not, um, you feel lost. You feel like, am I a freak? Do I belong? Like, do I really belong? Do I feel weird? And then you discover people who not only feel the same way as you do, but they also have this outlet and they treat it as an outlet. They treat it as a, a way of escapism. And to some people, especially the people who do commissions and do art for other people, they're giving other people the opportunity to have that fantasy come to life or have that escape visualized for them. It's like looking, out of, looking at a TV screen, looking out a window and seeing the possibilities of what can be. And they can't achieve that, whether they're locked at home and, or they're still living with other people and they can't really escape or do their, or, or dress up or dress down or whatever it is they need to do. It's a, it's, it's sort of an escape for them and it's, and it's stress relieving. So that's part of it too, is that I kind of found this community and felt like, oh, I'm not alone here. There are other people who feel the same way as I do. And um, it's kind of, that was kind of nice, but it's still like, you're not quite sure. Like it, I always, I always feel like I'm, it's like, what are you ever going to a deep end of a pool and you want to freely swim, but you're too afraid. So you always are just sort of clinging to the side of the pool. You just sort of hold, always holding on to the edge of the pool or staying, hanging onto like the little bar at the stairs. Like, that's how I feel. Like, I'm always constantly dipping my toe in, but also pulling it back out in regards yeah, to that. It's, it's tricky because, like, you get to a point where, you know, you want to jump two feet in, but you're kind of worried about what's going to happen when you jump two feet in. So, right. Like, it's, 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 it's a big jump. And even yeah. if it doesn't look like a big jump, to you inside, it's a big jump. And for art, it's definitely something to where it's like um, you want to get better. And there's going to be people out there who are not going to mince words and tell you how good or bad your art is. <laughs> so that's true. That's true. And also, I'm not, I'm not very, um, as young as I am, I'm not very internet savvy. So like things like I don't know what 4chan is. And I'm, a lot of people told me that that's good that I don't know what 4chan is. But um, it's good. I never really, <laughs> I, I never really got like um, really deep into, like the extent was like the like the Box Hills Times forums was in terms of like interacting with people on a forum. I've never really inter I've been on a forum in any capacity since. I think the closest thing is being now, and I guess on a Discord server. But at least your the Discord servers I'm at, including yours uh, or Jazzy's, is. Um, that at least everybody you kind of know them so it's just sort of like oh here's a group of the same like 
10 or 15 or 20 people that you always see and you always interact with rather than just everybody's a random, a random person and is going to assault you and find out who you are and, and ask the state mm. of your pants every two seconds. But, <laughs> but, um, I get it. Like, I it's, it yeah, it's, it's a, it, it's an adventure. That's for sure. Yeah. And getting involved with communities in general, like whether it's like, it's always nerve wracking getting involved in new communities, especially with new people, but it helps to have like such a welcoming environment too. Once you kind right. of find especially, a good handful of people. Yeah. Especially when it's something that's, that you feel so vulnerable in because you are like, especially in ABDL or in kink, at least certain parts of it, certainly in ABDL, it is definitely a very vulnerable position to be in mm-hmm. compared to, I guess, other kinks or other lifestyles. So it's definitely, something that I consciously think about every day when I'm, whether I'm drawing or I'm interacting in the, in the discord servers or what have you. But. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, you know, speaking about your involvement in the community and, and doing various pieces of art. And I really, I really think it's cool that, you know, you try and capture um, a moment in your art, it, it feels very almost like impressionistic um, yeah. of how you want to draw your art. Are there any very, are there any projects that you're most proud of? Like specific pieces or? Yeah, or, specific, like large scale pieces, small scale pieces, any kind of projects or pieces that you've done with your art that, you know, bring you a lot of joy, a lot of pride that you're really happy with. It's funny. I'm, and this goes for just for my art in general. It's very hard for me to feel proud of my own art. I'm always sort of not, I always kind of look forward and never look back. But I will say that the one piece of art that I still look back on and I'm kind of still surprised that I did it was I, was, I for a while, I was known as the Alice in Wonderland artist where I always kept drawing Alice in a diaper or Alice. I love your Alice pieces. Yeah, I did a bunch of, yeah, I did a, like Alice being spanked by the caterpillar and um, a bu- a one, with the, one with the Cheshire cat, I remember. And those are fun because you can kind of incorporate the elements of the, the original books. Of I'm Disney back. Movie. Hello, welcome back. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm back. I'm a professional and I'm back. <laughs> Coming in with that art. Oh my God. <laughs> Definitely mm. all of the above in sequence. No. <laughs> oh my god. I feel so embarrassed because there's like brand new people to the server like just joining us. I'm just like, hi, I'm an audio professional. Let me just like escape for a second. <laughs> the words good. of Jeff Goldblum when you gotta go, you gotta go. Mmm. So I'm going to listen back to the episode and I know it's just going to be like 10 minutes of you two just like destroying and like reading off of Dennis and putting in the chat. Actually, no, we've been very polite and very uh, respectful of the chat. I can't speak for them. I was going to say uh, there's there's nothing there's nothing impolite (laughs) about it at all. But anyways, back to the show, back to the show. What was the, what were we talking about? 
projects uh, that you're proud of and happy with? Projects, projects that I'm proud of. Well, um, I because uh, for a while I was known as the Alice in Wonderland diaper artist, so I'd always draw Alice uh, in compromising um, infantile positions, and I thought that was fun. But I think my favorite piece that I've done uh, was was my first one. It was my first one, which was Alice is in a high chair, and the Mad Hatters and March Hare are feeding her, giving her a bottle of, I guess, some sort of magic tea, and you don't know what's in it. And it just, I don't know why, but just the composition of it, um, all my compositions have incorporate the spiral in it, so everything your eye leads into the middle or to the, to the focal point of the piece, which is surprisingly not the diaper, it's something else. It's usually the face. I always try to lead to the face, and then the diaper is usually secondary in my, at least when I draw the pieces, but I don't know why, but something, the, the planets aligned with that one. So I just feel like I got the expression right, I got the colors right. I thought that the concept was, was okay. I don't usually toot my own horn in regards to my own art, but I still look back on that one as like, that one is still good, surprisingly. I like that one a lot. And when you, there's not that many I can say that I'm like, wow, that's one of my favorites I've done because I, I don't usually feel that way. Wouldn't you say the spiral? Are you talking about the Fibonacci spiral? Um, in the sense that, like the, the like almost like the perfect composition or the like everything is proportionally fitting into that spiral. Right. I guess in my own in, in its own way, yeah. But I always try to think compositionally. Like I try not to have in my pieces any anything that would lead your eye away from the focal point or away from the page. And if it's there, it's there to either guide you to kind of flow back into the picture, kind of like a whirlpool where everything just sort of pulls you into the center or to a specific point of the picture. So like in that, if, um, if you ever look it up, that Alice picture of her in the, in the high chair, everything just sort of leads that her, whether her leg leads up to her head or even that I had some lanterns with glowing lanterns and they sort of lead back into the picture. And, and um, yeah, someone just posted it in the, in the live chat and it's it's not the best example. I've, I've, uh, there's things I was learning, obviously, because I was I'm not the type of person who does clean, like very nice cleaned up art. I usually like doing very sketchy, scribbly stuff. But um, everything your eye just sort of leads back into, and nothing ever points your eye away from the focal points of the picture. Mm-hmm. You know what? Also, but, I feel this really going to the Alice in Wonderland piece. I feel like another thing that this really um, is a good example of is a law of thirds. Like if you look at it that way, both horizontally and vertically, like there's yeah, something... well, there's no, nothing's nothing is directly in the middle. Right, there's something happening in all of those quadrants, and it's like its yeah. own self-contained thing. Like that's what I think is really amazing about your art is the composition. Well, thank you. And it's something I consciously think about. I always think about things like I don't want there to be tangents in the art. And also with in the case of the Alice ones, it's fun because I'm a fan of the Disney movie. And the problem is, is that with Disney, Disney, once Disney touches something, no one else can ever really touch it again. But with Alice, there's at least a little bit of a you still think about the original illustrations by by Tennille or you think about different interpretations of Alice, different books or different illustrators or different um, movie adaptations or what have you. Um, but I always like to infuse a little bit of all those influences into the, into it. So it's, it's, it's still is my interpretation and there's still a lot of things heavily hinting to the Disney one, 
or to the original mm-hmm. illustrations. But then I like in the, there's one piece that's the Cheshire Cat, and I was able to put in like like almost like a reference, like a little nod. And I had the 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 talcum powder that the Cheshire Cat has. It's called um, I think it's just called talcum or Geyer and Gimbel's talcum powder for littles and littles. So because Alice Little was the inspiration for Alice and Alice Wonderland, her name was Alice Little. So I was like, oh, that's that's cute. And then Geyer and Gimbel is in one of the poems, the Jabberwocky poem from Alice. And I got to sneak those in. So it's just I liked putting in little nods and things like that in the art, too. But it's more than just for me. It's more than just the not smutty. Because I wouldn't call it smutty, but more of the, the kinky aspects of the art. Or the percentage is actually very low in comparison to other things. Right. And I think we've talked about that on the show before about how my, my AVZL media, I really like the kink itself to be like in the background in comparison to um, like the primary plot, the primary story, which, you know, leads into the fact that like, I really love slice of life stuff. And me too. I, I yeah. love it too. I think Cause sometimes, cause sometimes I think it's just much more interesting just to see how a character lives their life. Then it, it would be to have them go on an epic adventure with the beginning, middle, and end, of, and the, the 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 part of the climax where the, all the color desaturates and the characters mope and sad and are sad for ten minutes. Like I like just sometimes if a character is interesting enough or their personality is so strong that dictates more the, how the story progresses than actions that inflict on that character. So, mm-hmm. sorry to kind of. Um, first your first your 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 uh, train of thought there. No, not at all. I mean, this is why we had you on the show to talk about. Our... <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> you dropped another one. <laughs> another. <laughs> oh my god, this one is great. The expressions. <laughs> Oh my god, these expressions are perfect. Oh my god, this is so funny. How many how many of these did you make, my dude? I actually only have one more after this one. I didn't make too many. Okay, okay. Cause these are so fucking funny. <laughs> uh any tips for beginner artists or artists trying to break into the scene? Um well, with art in general, it's just keep on practicing, keep drawing, and um, be constant. Like it's, it, you sometimes might get inspired by things that you never think would you'd be inspired by. So it's always good to just sort of keep an open mind in regards to art. If you don't, even if you don't think it's artistic or interesting, it might leave some sort of influence on you. So keep your mind open. But in regards to doing art for this community, it's just it's it's a lot easier, a lot more fun to do art that you yourself are interested in like drawing what drawing and creating what you enjoy rather than drawing what you think others would enjoy mm-hmm. so like i don't i there's been a few times where i've done art where someone told me like oh this is going to get views you should draw this and it doesn't i don't know who the characters are i don't know what their personality is because that's also part of it too is that the personality is what drives me to do like all my pieces i think the personality of the characters are much more important to me than the situations they're put in you know because they're all going to react or behave differently but um i only i like to draw what i 
I personally am passionate about, if I'm legitimately interested in it, or in, in the whether it be the situation or the who the characters are, that'll motivate me more to draw than if someone gave me a prompt and said like, oh, we want you to draw this thing because they, you know, so and so character is very popular. Like that's that's not what drives me in regards to art. And but if you start with just drawing what you love, then that'll make things a lot easier and a lot more fun for you, at least. Yeah, no, there's absolutely something to be said about authenticity within the the creative realm and especially the content creation realm. Yeah, and it also comes apart with be just being honest with yourself too, because I think that also, especially I guess in regards to kink, you have to be honest. You have to be open, not open, but you have to be well open in, in terms of communicating. But you have to be honest with yourself because if you're living a lie, you're not satisfying yourself. You might not be satisfying the people around you. And mm-hmm. it might lead to problems later, but it, it also relates, I think, to art too. So yeah. Well, awesome. That's all the questions that I have, Mimi. Uh, before we get into the question segment, uh, you actually submitted a couple questions for this episode. So I sure that, did. Should, should we go into the question segment? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Awesome. Um, T- so I'm away. gonna read. I'm gonna read the first two questions that I submitted first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can move on to what everybody else submitted. Uh, so my first question for you as is as a professional art creator and a creator of ABDL art, what's the most rewarding part of creating lewd and fun art? What part of it do you enjoy the most? That's from me. Let's see. What do I enjoy the most? And what's the most fun or rewarding? I... If I think like like when I did the the cover art for you guys, it's nice just to see that what I'm doing leaves, and I think with all artists it's the same way, but it leaves an emotional impact no. on people. Like where they look at something and they and they react to it, whether it be something, even if it's negative, having an emotional response to art, I think is something that most artists strive for when they create. So knowing that what I'm doing, like it's weird, like it could be, especially in in, in lewd art it's like you know oh i you know i've had people message me saying like oh man i used to masturbate to your art so much (laughs) which is which is very blunt but it's also very flattering as it is i mean splattering i was gonna say that's terrible i'm sorry but uh uh it's flat in a way it's it's gross and it may be a little bit too tmi but it's also very flattering you know it's flattering to know that someone saw something you did and felt compelled to to act upon something it made them feel good in a way but it's it's not maybe not my intent when i'm when i'm creating it's more so just knowing that if someone looks at it and just goes oh that's cute or oh that that's you know kinky you know like that to me is like oh it, what i did worked it reads somebody that's so going to say that, that it maybe it's oh, not sorry. you're not pitching your own tent you're pitching someone else's tent yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's, you know, in a way you're scratching your own itch, but like for me, um, it's more of the, like, I don't, I, I think I've done one dot, like Dom Matrix style pick. I haven't done others. Like that's something that um, I should do more of because I'm actually very interested in stuff like that. But I also, um, it doesn't fuel me. Like that's something that doesn't fuel me with my art. It's more about like, the concept of ABDL and being a 
being a baby or being put upon and the humiliation aspect or the comfort or enjoyment in it or the freedom in it or the imagination of it or like the mind of someone who's a who might be ABDL like that fuels me more and that inspires me a lot um, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy knowing that whether it's the intent or not that it has reached people Whoop. oh shit you okay yeah my cat yeah, yeah. knocked over my water bottle oh, <laughs> oh no she just has to be part of the show Every my cat's the same my cat's the same way my cat's sitting here watching me and I'm like I'm she's very quiet at least I so like she's just sort of sitting there just staring at me staring or staring through me I allow you to do this human I allow you yeah. go on please go talk on, into please. the talk into the void entreat me proceed uh, proceed <laughs> maybe what is the next question choose um are there any scenes that you've drawn that you would like to experience yourself in person oh my oh my it's right uh definitely yes i think again it kind of comes back into like these are things i've also i guess for it's an outlet for me so it's like it's wish it's like drawing it is also like wishful thinking like oh i may never achieve this so let me draw it out and it like at least can kind of scratch that itch. But there's definitely most of my pieces have elements of like, oh, like I would love to do this or do that. Like, but I, I can't do it yet. So I'm just going to draw someone else dealing with that situation. And so I definitely, uh, al- I, almost all my pieces, I would say, have, an, have at least uh, an, an element of that. Where I'm like, oh, I, I, that's something I want to do, or I want to achieve. Um, even in mood, even just like a mood of a piece, I think too, it's just like, oh, just to be in this position, but also just have it be quiet and calm and feel relaxed and feel vulnerable yet safe. Like that to me is something I seek, and that's and a lot of my, I think a lot of my pieces have that element too, where I try to achieve that. Sounds like Juice needs to enroll in Miss Mimi's daycare. Yeah, I was going to say. It's funny. I and I guess it's related. I started writing out. Um, it was my birthday not too long ago, and it kind of made me happy think, birthday, like, oh, Juice. Oh, thank you. And um, I was. It made me think, like you know, I'm I'm not getting any younger, but there's things I want to do before either I get too old for it, or I mean, I'm only like I just got into my 30s, so it's not like. It's not like, oh, my God, I only have so much time left. But I made, I started writing sort of a bucket list of things I want to do. And I kind of gave myself sort of a, like a kind of a tentative due date as to like when I want to achieve all these things. And it's constantly growing. And it's little things I've always wanted to do or want to try doing and exploring. And even if I try it and if I don't like it, at least I experience that I never have to do it again, but I want to try them. So it kind of goes back into that. So it's like me now trying to realize what I was drawing or what I was wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely need to come visit. <laughs> yeah, for sure, I want to. Sure. Hopefully, hopefully after COVID passes, I want to. I want to go to Capcom. I want to go to more events. I want to visit people. I want to travel. You know, I definitely there's a lot more I want to do, and I definitely have to. I would love to come visit. Yeah, I will reinstate a full weekend of Miss Mimi's daycare. 
if you came to visit and I could drag Ashy and Jazzy and a number of people to this event. Yes. Oh, that would be that would be fun. That would be super. And we won't even paint the floors green. I mean, you better not because I'll probably have to host it in a hotel room. Was that what happened? Was that what happened one time? Did that happen? Oh, oh yeah. Those fuckers. Is that a, is, is that a story that's, uh, that you that you've told on the show before? Because I don't want you to repeat yourself. But basically, TLDR is in one of the weekends where I had people over. Um, I had one or two more brats than usual, and they were feeling particularly bratty because we set up for finger painting. And, oh, that's, uh, gonna, that's trouble. That's just trouble waiting. Oh, but see, happen. I always yeah. go above and beyond making sure that these things are safe, secure, and done. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> they, they decided it would be great to uh, paint my floor green. Now, tiles. So, you know. Oh, my. Wait, so, like, and these are age players. These are people yeah. thinking. Yeah. That, like, that, that to me, and, like, I, there's a part of me that's always wanted to be kind of like a brat. But even as a brat, I would feel so compelled not to like disrupt. I like it's that's just it. Is that like I I am I might be in like a little space, but I'm I'm a consenting adult, and I also respect the space of the person. Because I used to have a a, a mommy dominoes when I used to live uh, on the East Coast, and even despite when we're in a scene together, I always would be like, is everything okay? Are you okay? Is everything fine? Is it all right? If I, can I put the drink down here? Do you, do you use a coaster? Like I'm, I'm very polite, but like to me, like that, that something like that crosses a very strong line where it's like, I would be, it's being considerate of the caregiver, the person who's allowing you in their home to be in this position. The only reason it didn't go a lot worse than it did was because the person who did it is a, fairly close friend of mine and I also know that if any like actual damage had been done um, she would have paid to replace it like instantly um, okay so it was, it, but it was still, surpri- it it was still a make surprise it. to you uh, right I mean I I am pre- I can't run a daycare over the course of a weekend if I'm not prepared for shit to hit the fan so Going into that, I'm always prepared for something to happen. And then when that shit happens, I'm always prepared to deal with it. And let's just say that those fuckers paid for it. <laughs> okay. Because I was going to say, like, that's that to me would be like, I would never, even if someone told me to do it, it's, it's okay. You could totally, you know, do this, I, you know. So, I, sorry, I just... I get it. And you know what? As a caregiver, I very much appreciate that kind of um, uh, attentiveness and uh, appreciation of like things like that. But I mean, it's fine. It it happened. It was a thing. like I consider myself a very polite, I guess a very polite little to the point where, I'm, like I said before, like my I'm always one foot in, one foot out. Like I can't fully be little. And there's always a part of it that's going to pull me out of it and still be uh, an adult about it. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's that's to me that's like a big line to cross. Just and just to be respect, just respectful. Even given the the if even if you tell them you you know given you enough 
enough rope to hang them with, you know, like that's sort of a tough situation to be in. It's one of those things where like, there's definitely boundaries that um, can't be pushed. Like that one was kind of in that gray area. I cleaned it up and everything was fine. I was very unhappy about it. Um, they were very swiftly and heavily punished for it. Uh, Speaking of which. <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> oh my god. This is the best one. <laughs> a very yeah, yes. either way you had a you had a very swift hand in the matter. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's fine. Like it's it happened. Nothing was like overly damaged. Um, you know, nothing was damaged beyond the fact that like oh, all I had to do was <laughs> clean it. And so like the story sounds also like a lot worse than it is too. Because like yes, they painted my floor green, but we're talking the extent of like six tiles. The entire... <laughs> Queen in the chat. <laughs> With the caption, this oh is my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to interrupt. Please like, continue. Oh, it's it's like, not like they painted the entire room. Like, I, yeah. I'll be real. The reason why I wasn't as upset about it as I probably should have been is you got to understand, like, the dynamic between me and my roommate when I was living there, the way that that room was set up is that, you know, we had a futon on one end of the room and a dartboard on the other. So, like... We would hang out on the futon eating chips, whatever, and just be pitching darts across the room at this dartboard and miss a lot. So there were balls <laughs> oh, yeah. all over. Like, we, we didn't care. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't too bad. Yeah, I, I equated the same thing as like I like I love and this is even related to my little side or anything, but I, I genuinely love tea parties. There's a place, there's a tea room that I love going to that um, uh, sadly is closed because of COVID, but I can't wait till they reopen again. But it's one of those things where like in your own home, you're a slob. Like if you're eating something, you'll wipe you'll wipe your hands on your pant leg and do whatever. But if you're out somewhere or if you're in another person's home, you're almost, I'm almost overly attentive. Like I will use a coaster if I have a drink. Like I will have a napkin at the ready. I will be extra polite when in doubt, pinky out. Like, and that's just sort of my mentality. So like, Aww. I could totally, I could totally get that, um, that kind of that being in that position too. Well, like it's again, yeah, in my own home, I could use as much of a slob or as, 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 as uh, destructive of my own property as I want. But uh, I don't know. I guess just if when you're in the, I mean, it's, and again, the person who was, who was doing the painting was, they were, um, your, I guess either your roommate or someone that came into your home that was already in your home and you knew very well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I knew okay. that so that's well. that, that's well, that's different. And then they cleaned up after it. So I'm like, no well, problem I, I, solved. I cleaned up. Oh, oh, you cleaned up, and then you they and then got you, and punished you, while I was cleaning up. Oh, you cleaned their clock is what you did. You you completely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Juice. When you come and visit. When we get everybody together, I will host a high tea party. Yes. That sounds absolutely lovely. I I would love to have a tea party where it's like 
it's a legitimate tea party, like there's legitimate food and there's legitimate not no plastic cups with fake tea in it, like actual tea. But you incorporate mm-hmm. the things like, oh, every other seat there's a stuffed animal on it sitting at the table. Yes, that's like, so cute. Like, like that, or like having some fake music playing in the background. And then like you could still oh, be yeah, little and playful, but you treat it still legitimately as tea and you have snacks and sandwiches and cookies and tea. I'll and even make like cucumber sandwiches. Cucumber sandwiches with the crusts removed. You have Damn, to do them properly. Fancy. Yes. Round and, toes. Uh, I have always I've always wanted to roll my R's. I've never been able to do it. What rolling thine R's? There's two ways to roll your R's even even at that too. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can use the tip of your tongue as like a flutter roll, like what it sounds like what Juice is just doing. Or you can do the French roll, and which is the back of your tongue against your palate. Yeah, which is French. back here. Yeah. There's, there's the, 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are muscles I never developed because the only woodwind instrument I ever played was recorder. Clearly, you need to play more brass. Can you can you you roll your tongue? Can you like either flip it one way or the other, or like curl it into a tube? Can you do anything like that with your tongue? Then you should be able. Just it's just muscle. It's just like trying to get used to the muscle. It's like me whistling through my teeth. Like I didn't realize I could whistle through my teeth until I just had to figure out how to kind of funnel the sound through the front of my teeth. And that was like a, such a pure like steamboat willy whistle. That was like perfect. That was a f- that was a fully sound effect. Yeah. Or doing like a snow white whistle, which is just sort of the warbly like that I'm kinda... so impressed. This I'm a professional talented. musician who never learned how to whistle. My favorite well, one I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say my favorite one is imitating like the Twitter notification. You like that? <laughs> I'm a big fan of doing the. Well, I did. I didn't do. Or it. how about. I, oh, yeah. I hurt this my one. finger. Oh, yeah. That where you do, do you do you actually flick your cheek? We do that. I can. Hit, do with... I can do it without or I can do it with the flick just amplifies it. I can. My, the trick that I do for for littles is that. Like I'll tap anywhere on my face or like tap my elbow and then let them tap my face and it'll still make the sound. Oh, that's cute. That's so I could cute. Do, I could do the I could do the popping. Hold on, I could do it. I'll do it right now. Hold on. Holy shit. <laughs> that was so fast. Yeah. But Mimi, what you just described is like a human version of the the Fisher Price. Uh, dog stuffed animal where you you uh, push the, like the hand or the face or the foot or something and it like makes a different sound. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really want to learn. Uh, oh, but it's so hard and I haven't figured out how the guy does it. It's actually a magic trick, but I want to do it for littles. Like there's a guy that went on uh, Penn and Teller's Fool Me and he did this trick with salt and he basically like had his um, his fist out and salt was just draining out from the bottom of his fist. And he's like, well, I don't, I don't get it. So he 
you know, he sticks a finger in and plugs it and it stops, but then it starts coming out of his elbow. And, and no matter what he does, there's always just a stream of salt coming out from one part of his body mm-hmm. somewhere. I want to do that with littles and then have them try and plug the salt and then, and then just have new that, streams of salt appearing all the time. Oh my God. I, certain things that I, I realized that I could, um, like if I was just, cause I, I kind of either depending on the situation, I'm either, I could be mostly little, but I, I do have caregiving tendencies, but there's so many things I learned as a, as a kid, either by mimicking what I heard on TV or just doing in my own, like my favorite thing to do is when I'd ever go to the bathroom and I would wash my hands, I could figure out how to make bubbles with my hands. So I can, I can use my thumb to make a perfect kind of membrane to kind of make a bubble and I could blow bubbles through my fingers and blow bubbles through them. Hell yeah. That's and I awesome. think that's, and I think that's like so fun for like for littles and stuff like that would be cool or just mimicking sounds or like I had, a, I have, I still have a whole bunch of my childhood stuffed animals. I keep them in my, in my bedroom, which I'm slowly converting into a nursery. And I have an Eeyore toy from when I was a little kid. He has a little Velcro tail that comes off, but he has um, a bicycle horn in him. Oh. So when you squeeze him, he makes a little donkey <laughs> noise and it just goes, <laughs> just like you squeeze them. And he goes, <laughs> and if you squeeze him slow, <laughs> and it's just like, it's an Eeyore. It's actually Eeyore. And it's really cute, but it's just, it's amazing how a muffled bicycle horn inside of a, a plush toy sounds like a. We had one of those at, um, God, I can't remember, but it was inside like a plush dinosaur. And like, it, if you squeeze it and then just let it out, it kind of does it really slowly and, and elongated. But the fu- the funny one for um, for that is one of the, the, the littles that was playing with it learned how to make it laugh. Oh, no. Because, like, you know, you get the, you know, the, and it kind of does the long, but if you just give it little, like, just little, like, little squeeze, little pumps, it goes, you can make that fucker laugh, and it's so good. It's like, it's like those, it's like those fucking those geese that you squeeze that go, oh, and yeah. it makes, like, they scream. My favorite is, have you ever had those, there were plastic tubes that had like a sound, like a, like a thing in it and you would turn it one way and it would go, and it would go down one tube, yeah. turn it up and out, and it would go, going the other way. And I, that's my favorite sound. I had one of those and it was like one way it would sound, it would go upscale and the other side would go downscale. I used to annoy the hell out of my, my mom as a child. <laughs> it's just like. I don't know. Just, just, and I used to mimic it. I used to copy it, and I used to um, just make really awful noises and, and annoy the hell out of everyone who was close to me. We went on a whole spiel here. I didn't mean to derail the. the <laughs> no, this is this is good content. This is great. <laughs> those, were, those were my questions. Yeah, <laughs> there is. Okay, this is the last thing. Then we can move on. There was. Oh my god, at VBS, which Vacation Bible School for those outside of the US. Oh jeez. Oh, that that sounds fun. It's 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 uh, <laughs> God damn, I love me some Jesus camp. It's so fucking holy. And but there is just <laughs> fucking like it was a bunch of like, all right kids, let's make a drum circle. So me and every single other white camper sat down in drum circles like paint cans and bullshit. 
And then they gave like the the goody two shoes kids that would one day go on to become pastors gave one of them a fucking didgeridoo. Oh no! <laughs> so just like all was just like, and this one kid in the center going. And it was just, <laughs> and then they busted out these tubes, like the tube that you know you whip them around, and they all. Wah, 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 wah. Oh they, yeah, those. yeah. Oh my I can, god! I used to be able to make a didgeridoo but noise. I don't think I could do it anymore. Please they, try. They're. Oh, I can't. I, I, <laughs> that was I, good. That's good. Yeah, it's it's back of the throat. I can't do it. They're surprisingly uh, difficult yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah. I like. They, they like, came out. I, I just saw an ad for a. They have pocket didgeridoos, where it's they. It's you can buy one for like I think like fifty bucks, and it's a small didgeridoo, but it, it replicates the sound of a didgeridoo. That sounds a lot like a vuvuzela, and I want it. I want fifty. Are you That's rapidly something. searching up a mini didgeridoos? <laughs> no, I'm say. actually sh- searching something because I want to show you the only didgeridoo player you'll ever need to see. I'm just trying to find the timestamp so that I can put it in chat. Okay. There's one. There's one instrument that I love, and it's it's called a um, a daxophone, and it's a very interesting instrument. And it um, it's a bowed instrument, but you can make a variety of different almost like honks and whoops with it. But it's a, it's a it's a it's a depending on what the shape of the bow you use to to pull along this piece of wood that this daxophone is, it makes a different sound. I'll have to send you links to saxophone music. It sounds really otherworldly and creepy, but it's actually really cool. So if you watch this from about 110, um, the player, they call him Beard Guy. He just kind of like, because all the didgeridoos are just hanging in the middle of the whole thing, right? And so they're playing and they're doing their thing and they're just doing, you know, the song and playing. And then all of a sudden you see Beard Guy. And he just starts. Oh my god! I just see him. He just slides in. The best. (laughs) Oh god. God. Honestly, was like the pinnacle best part of their videos because he just appears anywhere. Um, Like in all in most of their videos, he doesn't appear in the new ones. I'm not gonna go into it, but um, he's he's fantastic and he does the basically in like all of his video all the videos he's never seen until when he needs to make his entrance and then he just goes bam (laughs) nothing like making an entrance it's all about making that especially with music all about those first impressions yeah what's the next question (laughs) just the silence (sighs) speaks volumes i apologize dear jazz machine Miss Mimi Melody and Juice Boombox. This is oh, that's fucking rad. This is from Ko, the little potty trainer. She slash her. Oh, I like this question. (laughs) Oh no! What are fun and cute ways to potty train a little? How about embarrassing ways to make them squirm when they're getting too big for their training panties? (laughs) <laughs> this is embarrassingly relevant. I feel so called out. Oh my god! <laughs> I gotta do one more. I gotta do. I gotta do one more drawing while we answer this question. We, we oh talked no! About this in chat and it was so good. And I just it. Oh, it's so good. 
Uh, best way to potty train your little is uh, when your little has to run away from the podcast to go to the bathroom. As soon as she's done, you grab her, throw her on the bed, and change her, and then send her back upstairs, embarrassed and blushing. That's the Daddy Gray method. Oh, is that what, ha- is that what happened before? That's exactly what happened. Is uh. I ran downstairs. I'm like, "Honey, let me in the bathroom." And he's like, "Why?" I was like, "I gotta go." So he's like, "Okay, fine." So I I go in. I do my I I I I open the door, wash my hands, open the door, and he's just standing in our bedroom, staring directly at me, and <laughs> diaper in hand, pointing with the other hand, just staring through my soul. And I'm just like, "Oh no." So that's that's how you potty train your little is you just keep them petting. You don't trust them to use the potty ever, apparently. I mean, a girl your age shouldn't be trusted for that anyway. Would would you like to uh, chime in on this juice or do you want me to go on a small uh, a small rant about this? How about you? You go on your rant and then by the time. By the time you're done with your rant, I'll uh, be finished with this art and I'll, I could, I mean, I, I, the question was aimed at me and I'm not a, a professional CG, so I wouldn't really know the right All answer right. to that, but That's I can, tr- I could try to um, chime in of what, like maybe what I would want. Hey, to. whatever you want to contribute is valid. Yeah. But after, 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 really after, oh, sorry. Okay. I was just going to say, that'd be a good perspective. Yeah. Well, See, the thing is, potty training your little can be fun in a lot of ways. You can do some really cute things like sticker charts or you can do one of my favorite um, rewards is like in in the situation, it, it depends on why. Like if, if you have uh, somebody who is who does experience um continence issues and they want to try and work on that you can you can do that and you can use a varying number of ways to help encourage um one of my favorite ones is the smarty or oh americans (laughs) uh i guess for americans the equivalent is an m&m but canadian smarties um you know, we use the the Smarty reward system and, you know, one for one, two for two. So, you know, it, it's and doing it in a routine. Now, if you want to do it for fun and for embarrassing purposes, well, I mean, you can take it as far as like, oh, well, they want to they want to fuss. They fuss too much. They go back to diapers. That's the, you know, the fairly typical one. Um, the compromise. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's like. It'd be like the potty training equivalent of me turning around and being like, all right, you wanted a drink. Here's a sippy cup. Then you fuss and and whine at me for giving you a sippy cup. I'm like, okay, fine. So I go, I take it, and I go and fix you a bottle. You just earned yourself something smaller. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, you know, for that, what I can do is then if I really want to have fun, I go, I take out, like, a nice plastic training potty. And why haven't we made adult size training potties yet? Eh, it can be done. It's not that difficult. <laughs> we can rebuild them. Like it's not it's not that bad. Like think about it, right? Like all a training potty is is a basin and a seat. Mhm. So 
get a big basin, make a seat, and then bam, you've got an adult-sized training pot. It's it's really, and the best part about doing it that way is you get to paint it and decorate it yourself. Perfect. So, you want to fuss about using the plastic training potty? Fine. I guess uh, bathroom privacy rights are gone. Now you're gonna I'm gonna put it right here in the living room. Oh, you're nice. still fussing. Well, I guess I'm going to sit in the room with you while you do what you got to do. Oh, man, that's that's rough. That's oh, a power you're, move. you're still fussing with me. Oh, dear. You know, you know what? I think you're going to also have to ask me for help when you're done. I've changed your diapers. I'm, I have nothing against, you know, helping you clean up now because clearly you're too little. Oh, <laughs> I, I just got so many wholesome feels as someone who doesn't like fussing and doesn't like bratting there's just so much potential here well, because it's go ahead oh i'm sorry okay uh one of the things daddy and i've done is just like a faux like potty training scene and he just like has me in the bathroom and as everyone knows we have a squatty potty and it makes your colon love you again and there's a lot of potential there and you know he's just like <laughs> you know, rubs him back. It's like, it's okay. You can do it. It's just fuck. It's so it's, there's so much potential. See, like when I, before I moved to where I am now, um, my entire friend circle was ABDL kink folk with the exception of like two people, but they're what I call French vanilla. We've already, mm-hmm. we, we all know about the French vanillas. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, that live chat picture has got me dead. Absolutely fucking what, dead. What that that one of, of that looks like a cockpit of a spaceship. It's a, yeah, it's the kid. He's seat. like shitting himself into the nth dimension. I was going to say he's strapped in and ready to blast off for like a cosmic shit. But if you really want to make this even better, if you have you know everybody's you know all consenting parties, um. You know, we have company over and you're going to fuss with me now. I guess, you know, it's not going to be just me watching. Oh, you have a mm. whole bunch of consenting parties. You can make that. Oh, so embarrassingly fun. Oh, God, that's a great idea. Mm. And and, you know, you can. If you want to, like, push it just one step further you know, your little's going to have to ask you now for, for help when they're done. Oh, you, you know, they ask, oh, you're all done. Are you sure? I don't know. What do you think, uh, friend A? Do you think that they've oh. been on? Friend B, what What do you think? <laughs> and I mean, you can, you can like turn around and, you know, once you're done, based on the amount of fussing, you know, I can just, clean you up you're all done now so you've been really rude in front of all of my guests um i guess your hide's getting tanned over my lap in front of everybody whack 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 literally saying the word my as in my guests is such a power move as well i mean i mean i can do it one of two ways You've been very rude and very fussy in front of my guests, 
or look at all of this fuss that you're putting up in front of your friends. I don't think this is the kind of behavior you want to show your friends when they're here to play with you. Mm. And then, I like that. And then it devolves into much spanking and much things. And <laughs> <laughs> You're cracking yourself up. And then you kill them. No. I mean... <laughs> Listen, if they're a puddle on the floor, leaving puddles on the floor, it's not my fault. True. <laughs> they wanted to start potty training. This is what happens when they start potty training. Okay, but that's really cute. That, yeah, that is actually really, really cute. It appears we're giving ideas to Fani in the chat. 100% I consent to you taking that idea and drawing it out. I want to say, please. Yes, no, there's a lot of good content that we just like. There's so much material that we just like, just like burst into the world. I, I may have to contact you privately to discuss what it would take to commission one of commission myself into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny after you saying that, I don't really have anything really to contribute to really. I don't know if I could answer, give an answer like that, but instead, yeah, no, I'll, just put, I'll, instead I'll just put this in there. <laughs> oh my god this is great <laughs> oh my god for those listening at home on itunes or spotify or or the website the 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 doodle that Jun's <laughs> just posted is me getting flushed down a toilet. The, no, it's the, not you getting flushed. It's you falling in because you're too small <laughs> to use the toilet. <laughs> I can't fucking breathe. Your daddy's I'm, calling at you like, no, my, don't. I'm, I'm not sure you. that's surf there, Sky. I think that's muddy water. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm crying. I blew out my throat. <laughs> oh my god! I love this show so much. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, I think this is leaving, leading into the next question. Not your question, but one of the questions that they coming up because I pre-read them before the show and, and it's stuff like this that makes makes it all worthwhile knowing I think what I do makes people laugh and cry and and oh uh, possibly pee themselves in Jazz's case. But. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's, oh no, that's a that's a crunchy waveform. That's a really crunchy waveform. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, please read the question. <laughs> please. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're alive, folks. We did not die. <laughs> Although I might be. <laughs> God, I love this show. So this is from Cryptid, pronouns they, them. Hey, you juice. Do you prefer to get specific directed arts or be given characters told here's X, Y, Z. That's Z. A Perfect. little info about them and be given free reign. That's a good question. I think with that, in normal cases, as much information is the better. 
I think because it makes me understand the character more and what exactly you want. Because like if I was doing the commission, I want to make sure that I get things exactly to what you know what what uh what you want. But there is a, mm-hmm. there is sort of I think a, a there's always going to be a limit as to like too much not too much information in terms of like oh I don't need to hear that. It's so like then it doesn't become fun. It becomes a chore because now I'm including every little iota. Like you don't need to tell me how many like. Um, so if a character's eating a cookie, you don't need to say, like, I want 17 crumbs on their shirt. Like, I don't need that much information, like, to the point where every nitty-gritty is described. But I do like having at least enough info and then having a little bit of room to come up with uh, something that infuses mm-hmm. my own kind of flair in there, too. And, and it's so not like, because, like... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, if you, like enough leeway where I can put my own kind of spin on what you want without detracting from it, but if anything, plus making it better, making it, you know, seeing the visual of what the person wants and, and, and achieving that, but also bringing it up slightly more than what was asked for. So giving them their like, money's worth. So almost like having like, um, almost like a blueprint and then from like from the blueprint you have you know your basic ideas of what they want like what the scene looks like who's in it details here details there but from there you have the creative license to kind of like oh is that celeste flourish and like expand the scene as as needed or Right, right. Like, yeah, I, it helps. Like, especially if I'm if I'm doing a if I'm going to be drawing a character or drawing somebody's OC. It's like it's nice to even be given a little bit of a of a not like I don't need a bible. I don't need someone's entire novella as to who the character is and where they came from or anything. I just want to know a basic idea of what their personality is, and so mm-hmm. that helps me come up with a good pose and a good expression for them that fits the character. Um, like when I did the covers for um, Sophie and Pudding's books. Um, which are I, great, by the way. A, they, thank you. But they're they're lovely stories. It's been a, but the thing is, it's been a long time since I read them. I read them out of how I think when they when they first wrote them, I read them, and so I said, well, I, I want to read the book or the stories again before I do the art. And they're like, no, 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 we just 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 draw this, draw this. And it's like I forgot who like the characters were, and but um, both Sophie and Pudding gave me information like, oh, the only thing that we really want is like, this is a specific, like the first cover is a specific vibe. It's, a, it's pre- predominantly blue colored. You know, I want, we want a ribbon to be shown here. I want one character to be holding a pacifier. And you know, you see their backs. And like, sir, they gave me enough information, but then they also gave me enough wiggle room to play with the composition. Also, because it's limited to the, to the dimensions that are going to be on a book, on a book cover. I had to kind of bring that into play. And I like to show roughs back and forth. Like, is this what you want? Does this work? Because I don't want to do a whole bunch of work and then someone tell me, like, oh, can you change that? So if I already inked it and colored it and shaded it, I'm going to have to pretty much do it over. Um, I like to go and have, a like, a system of checks and balances whenever I get a piece of art for someone else just to make sure that everything holds water. Like, how many roughs did I send you guys for um, the, your podcast? Uh, con- I saved I all of them. Like, is this okay? Does this work? Does this expression work? Is this is this color right for you? Do you want this to be that? Like, I like to make sure that everything is there. This is a very long-winded 
answer to a very short question. So I apologize. This is <clears throat> this podcast has a tendency to be very verbose. So just go for it. Okay, I'll, I'll, but I'll make sure. To, I hope I answered your your question at least. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that was perfect. And okay, I got to use cool. I got to use a crunchy college word too. So that yeah, that's a good sign. You like the word crunchy? I've noticed you said a lot of cr- you said crunchy. Like Crun- crunchy is just like a really good like descriptor <laughs> for like when audio sounds like garbage or when you can see the pixels in a JPEG or something like that. Or that's, like that's true. Or when yeah. Templeton needs to find a word for Charlotte to write Wilbur's Web. <laughs> right. Or in order to define a two-syllable word, you need 50 syllables to do it. It's That's like a yeah. crunchy word. So Hungarian grammar? Yes, precisely. <laughs> I, have, I have musician friends who don't understand it, where it's like, it has real earthy tones. It's like, what is what is earthy yep. tones? mean like what is what is like oh that feels really that feels so so brown like it feels brown like i can understand like (laughs) what interpret i mean wrong choice of color for this particular show but i wow uh, well i wasn't calling you out specifically but i guess if you owned up to it then jordan wow you walked you walked come on you walked into that I'm walking away from this. Hold on, I'm going to go get Jazzy some aloe for that burn. Yeah, I was going to say, can you call me the Cleveland burn unit? (laughs) There was a a sign, and we warned you about it, and then you just kept walking without looking, and then clang, brown, there. God. I think my my favorite for music like that, and they used to tell it to us all the time in high school. For context, I went, like, I was in a a specialized music program in high school but it's so funny even how many musicians don't understand it but like they're just yeah. straight up like dark sound and like, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> my oh, favorite God. one is uh can i hear some angular guitar playing can i hear some angular riffs that's like with and this is like executive notes and stuff like where they say like oh make it a little more edgy it's like, well, what does edgy mean? You want the character to like, like, be made of angles? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, what does edgy mean to you? Right. Well, like when, when the, I... the worst is when someone's like, you gotta, you know, they they seem a little ethnic, and you're like, what Ooh. is okay? What do you, and then it's like when you ask, okay, what does that mean? And they and they have a kind of a flat smile, and they're just sort of like, well, you know, like, you know, it's a little, you know, urban. It's kind of ethnic and urban. And oh like, no. And it's like, oh please. Oh, Shut up. God. Turn around, Yikes. walk out of the room, knock, and we'll start this conversation over again on a different, <laughs> yeah. you know. We literally had an entire lecture when I was in music school, in more particular music production school. And the, the room was split in half between musicians and non-musicians. So, like, musicians who were trained to become producers and then non-musicians, but music fans training to become producers. So... Our teacher said, musicians, on this side of the room, stay quiet. I'm talking to this side of the room right now. And he just lists off, do you guys know what what round means? Can you define what dark sounds like? Do you know what crunchy or gainy sounds like? And all of them are just like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then he, he points to our side of the room. 
this is the language that those fuckers over there will try to talk to you in. So we're going yeah. to do a crash course on all of these different tonalities. And we did. That's great. It was such a funny lesson. And it's just like, I, I remember uh-huh. like I was, when I was recording, I, I told a producer, I wanted my guitar to sound a tubi. And he's like, what yeah. the fuck does tubi sound like? I was just like, I, I don't know. It's the I, tube that we talked about before. The one goes, it's that. Like, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> it's like Precisely. totally tubular. Totally yeah. tubular. Reaganomics, dude. <clears throat> I guess the, the word I was trying to find is round, otherwise known as when you play, when you fret really high on, like, the E and the A string, like, really high up on the neck around, like, the 15th or 12th fret or something like that. Mimi knows what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how it gets yeah. like it gets round. Yeah, it's like um, it's you know the when we describe sound like that, it's almost like describing um, like visuals. So like when we say we want something to be um, really angular, um, <clears throat> if something is angular, you know it's got very sharp, defined edges. So we want the sound to sound very kind of like defined but also just kind of like abrupt yeah it's it's like it's it's music is you know all that all this language we we take and we use visuals to explain what we want it to sound like which feels super counterintuitive and then you get shit that's people like i want you to give me a really like Dark sound is still my favorite because it makes no sense to fucking anybody unless you're a musician because it just doesn't. Um, (laughs) Because there's no way to make it understand what dark sound means without using more music terminology. Well, because it's it's also a subjective thing where it's like, and also if people ask, especially in art, when people throw this stuff at you, um, it's always like, you're giving me stuff and you can't give me a legitimate constructive answer to what you want. You're just, you, you don't know what you want. So you're just throwing, you're literally throwing curveballs at me and trying to throw stuff to see if it sticks to the wall. And you don't have a legitimate, like constructive um, solution to this problem. So you're just throwing shit at me. And I, I hate, I hate that. That's also kind of the part of the reason why I also don't do commission work too. It's just because like, I've heard horror stories from people getting really big commission commissioners who are like, they ask for things and they recant it, or they say, well, this isn't what I had in mind. And it's always like this mm-hmm. weird workaround. And it always makes me kind of nervous. Just the thought of it gives me anxiety. I actually, one last little, I'll tell you a very quick story before we move on to the next question. But I had a, yeah, I had a teacher, it. I had a very, a very similar case in terms of like your professor or your teacher's story. But I went, I went, I went to art school. I went to a conservatory. Oh, oh my! I'm still paying, oh my! I'm, I'm still in debt. No, I'm. I actually pay for my <laughs> loans. I'm actually fine. I, um, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, no, I. But uh, I had a teacher uh, in. It was a, a film. We had a film class, a film like appreciation class, and there was this teacher who was a very, very old. And very obese man, and he actually was in a rascal scooter, and he was really, but he was an amazing teacher and a really nice guy. And he 
would describe, he says, in this class, we're going to watch movies, and we'd always go to the, the, the school-owned theater. So we'd go inside a theater with a big screen and a projector and everything. And it was a full-size theater, like a regular movie theater, size theater. And um, he says, all right, we're going to be discussing film and constructive criticism of film, but there's one thing I don't want to hear from any of you. I do not want to hear the word awesome used to describe something. It, unless, oh, it's, unless it's unless it's Jesus literally coming back, that it's awesome means to infuse to it's it gives awe the feeling of awe it awes you it's awesome. So if you're describing something that's not awesome as just awesome because it's become such a plain thing, I will find a way in my rascal scooter to come up into the theater into your row and slap you over the head. Like do not use that. So one time we watched. So one time we watched a movie, and there was a guy, and he's like, "All right, how do you describe the film?" It was I forget what the film was. It was a, it was a comedy film. It was a comedy. Um, the month that month's curriculum was about uh, co- filming comedy, a comedy and film. I mean, and a kid was like, "I I liked it. I really liked the uh, I liked the movie. Well, what did you like about it? Well, you know, it was awesome. And and before he even went forward." The teacher reached over to the to the chalkboard. There was a chalkboard in the front of the theater under the screen. Grabbed the eraser, and somehow from his rascal scooter, launched that eraser clear through the theater, like fifteen seats rows back, and perfectly just chalk, just completely right in the center of his forehead. He just threw it perfectly, perfect aim. Just, Boom, and you're like, it was kind of awesome, and just like that noise that you hear when the character is hit or something. It was brilliant. It was the most amazing, and I still think about that to this day when someone uses the word awesome. I always just imagine a, a, a chalk-filled eraser just flying and hitting someone directly in the, in the mouth. Man, they got it easy. We got a cowbell yeah. thrown at us once. What the fuck? <laughs> a cowbell? Straight up. That we we, oh, we, we no. were in a choir rehearsal and people were fucking around and my director had had enough and then out goes the cowbell off the top of the piano. Damn. Oh man. It's like it was like I went to the. It's like I had the teacher from Whiplash. <laughs> oh fuck that guy! My drumline instructor was just like him. None of my instructors were that bad, although one instructor. Um, she was our band director. I swear to God, she looked at you and like, if you're in the concert band, you're playing, you're doing your thing. She'll hear you make a mistake, glare at you, and then your heart stops. Oh, that look. And so fucking scary. She could curdle milk with that look. And she turns around when I was, when, um, uh, I was near the end of my, my year at, uh, with that band. I, I turned around and I, I, you know, she's actually good friends with my mom. So I was talking to her and I'm like, you don't realize like, but you're like the scariest person. You have this glare that I swear to God, you like glare at somebody and all the color in their world just disappears. And you know what she says to me? What? Oh, no. But I'm just a little fluffy bunny inside. <laughs> 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 All right, one last thing, one last thing, and then we'll move on to the next question because we are, we are. We've been going for a long. We're pushing. Yeah, you know, 
we're running on tape here. But uh, funny in the chat says, make it punchy, you know, punchy. And I can say oh, exactly yeah. what punchy, punchy means. Punchy is a is an audible adjective in regards to drums, specifically drums. In order to make drums punchy, you go to the EQ, right? And then you boost the low mids. Or if you want to get spicy, you spike the low mids. And that's the that's what gives that's what gives a lot of oomph to what's called the attack uh, part of the sound envelope in uh, the drums. So those are a lot of very technical terms, but that's what makes the drums go instead of just boom. And yeah. it's just good. I'm you, really happy I have a pop filter. Or you do what I do and hit the bass drum with a timpani mallet. Or or do that. <laughs> What's the next question? This one's from Ashy, pronouns she, her. Dear Juice, what's a good way to go about uh, getting started in the, quote, little art community, especially on media sites like Twitter? Should you just draw cute art and hope they gain traction, or is there, like, a good way to get momentum going? It's, it's funny. Like, I don't I'm, – I'm not doing the art for the, for, the, for the views or for the followers or anything. I just, I just post on Twitter just because it's a, it's a good reservoir to, to post stuff, and, people, and I know people who use it. But um, I think I mean that's what I do is I just po I just post what I like and then if, it, if people like it great but I'm not like for me I'm not really I have a patreon but I don't it's not like my main source of income so it's just sort of like it helps supplement my income a little bit but it's uh, to get to you just have to keep posting art just and the thing of something with the, with with stuff like Twitter is they have to constantly be engaging with your audience if you have followers you have to constantly build followers and, and maintaining that follower count, which is something that I feel is sort of a, it's sort of like a rat race. It's sort of like eventually you just get really tired and it's going to be very disheartening in the long run. But if you just post for the sake of it and just you like what you drew and you and you want to improve and you want to get better, just keep posting art and just keep, and people are going to find you. Like people, I mean, in a way, I guess in the last, you know, last year or so, more people have found me just because I post on Twitter and then friends of mine or colleagues or whoever just like my art and they retweet me or whatever. So I've gotten a lot more followers because of it, but it's just by posting. If you, it's what's the old saying, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So like, yep. if you just, if you just post, just post the post and create art and do it, then people will find it and they'll like it. So that's my, that's my thoughts on that. You heard it here first kids. That is literally how we started growing uh, my band is, yes, we had our main account, but we had personal accounts that were just like name underscore band abbreviation for all five of us. Sorry, all four of us. And we would just those we would make those our quote unquote main accounts and just like one of us would be retweeting like Ernie Ball strings. And then I'd be over here Warhammer 40K and that like authenticity is is mixed in with the quote unquote real content I found is like the magic mix because people want to get invested in the art and the artiste a lot of the time. Yeah. That's how we used to uh, promote my acapella group in college. Same mm -hmm. thing, except we were super nerds and, when we had a lull in content, we just recorded these things called polecats. And uh, mm -hmm. 
because we're, you know, barbershop quartet nerds. Uh, so we recorded Polecats because they're like 60 second songs, if that. Um, but then we just have like 5 billion of them uh, to share. So like, even if you like don't share a ton, and even if you share works in progress, you know, the engagement with people and with your followers is 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 big. Yeah, I definitely agree with the with posting your works in progress too, because people like you might not think it, but people like seeing the process. They like to feel like they're in on the behind the scenes stuff. So just seeing like the rough pencil or the like in in my case the rough sketch of something. Sometimes I'll do like I'll do a full blown colored ink shaded picture that took me eons and I'll get like 10 likes on Twitter. But if I do a stupid doodle that took me like all of like five or 10 minutes, somehow I'll get like a hundred likes or whatever on it. And it's just like, you can't explain it. But as long as you just post, you just post whatever you want and just like, yeah, post the roughs, post your finals, post retweet yourself. Like every few months, like retweet your old art a few months later, just, um, it's that kind of have, engagement. Have fun with it, you know? Have fun yeah, with that it. too. Because it's like, as I know people who use like YouTube and, and Twitter as, as like a or, or Instagram as a source of income, and it's it's a, such a it's such a crazy roller coaster, and, and you have to constantly be engaging, constantly posting about yourself, and then it, it feels like people own your life because they're just constantly in on your life all the time, and that's not yeah. oh, that's not a life to live. It's not fun. It's just it looks very daunting and stressful. And I just, I just draw it and I'm like, oh, this looks cute. And then I just, I just post it. Nice. And um, that's, that's that. So we have one last question here. Um, Take it away. This is from Fawny. Uh, welcome to the server, by the way. Pronouns she, her. Uh, dear Jazzy, Mimi, and Juice. What are some of the ways that your audience has interacted with you? that have had the most positive impact on you? In what ways can your audience support you the best? I ask because it's common to hear, how do I do what you do? And not common to hear the preferred ways to support those who are already doing the things. So there's two questions here. Question one, the answer is Patreon. Question two, the answer is also Patreon. But in all seriousness, um, the the thing that has left the most impact on me, whether it was and it's the same between my music and the podcast, it was when, whenever people reach out to me in DMs and they say uh, your content really brightens my mood. I've been really depressed lately, et cetera, et cetera, or any combination thereof of things that someone is going through, if they say that something that I had a hand in creating helped them in that instance, there is nothing more rewarding than that. That is like literally the, the pinnacle that that is the Zenith of the creative process for me. Um, and then for the second one, how best to support. Um, I mean, obviously giving people, money in the capitalist rat race that we are all trapped in is good. But outside of that, the best thing you can do for a creative friend 
is just um, sharing the hell out of them because a lot of so much of marketing is just done within like small grassroots situations. And that's what's even like taught in in schools for marketing or music or anything is so much of it is just building a very like small, extremely devoted fan base like what we have here because they will be really, really hyped to just get out there and share what you make. And it that that whole formula has never proved to, to be false. And obviously that's not what I'm going for. Like I'm I don't I don't, I'm not doing this for like a phony like if I interact a lot, they'll start sharing me. And it's just like that's not you know, that's not what I'm going for. It's just, you know, the the kind of like this is what happened. I just turn on my microphone and talk about diapers for two hours once a week. And but that is by far the best way you can support someone without money or even with money is just sharing them around and getting the word out to your circle. That's a good answer. Monsieur Juice, well, thank you. Would you like to add to that answer? Um, do you, uh, you could go first. If you, uh, if you have an answer. As a creator of, uh, content that is not intrinsically tied to the kink community you know writing like I can write lullabies and that and tie it to the kink community tie it to ABDL tie it to like whatever I want um, I can honestly say that the best way that people have interacted with me the well the ones that mean the most to me are just the thank yous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have had, you know, a handful of people. Uh, we're talking like after I've given them music, like not when, like I get, not like I give you a piece of music and then, you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. It's so good. But like, not even specific to a single piece. But when people come to me and I've had a couple people do this, but like when people come to me effectively out of the blue and they just like, you know, thank you for doing what you do. The music that you wrote really helped me through whatever, or it is, it brings me peace or whatever they're thanking me for the fact that like they went out of their way to thank me for just doing what I do, you know, it, it, it's, that's the best thing that people can do to interact with me over it. It's also just straight up one of the best ways that people can support it. Like, yeah, I appreciate people sharing and sharing their experiences with, the music that I write and getting the word out. And yeah, of course I like when people, you know, give me money to write the music, but like, if you don't necessarily, maybe you don't have a platform that you can share it with. Cause like I post my, my lullaby stuff. I, I talk about it on Twitter. 
maybe your Twitter is not kink related and you don't want to link it to a kink Twitter. That's fair. You don't want to, you can't share it or you can't, you know, buy a commission. You can't do any of that. Honestly, support comes in so many different ways. And just the support of knowing that the music that I write makes any kind of drop in the water difference to your life or to your feeling or whatever. That's enough for me. Wholesome. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> well, that's good. That's, good. that's, good. that's a good answer. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Juicy, do you want to add anything into there? Um, I'll, I'll make it quick. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to keep you guys any longer than I need to. But, um, oh gosh, it's not like you're Kimmy. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Damn. Kimmy, we Ooh. love you and we want you to come back on the show. And <laughs> she did it to herself. Not, yeah. It's like it's as if you're saying, like, I'm not I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just being honest and we love you. But <laughs> but uh <laughs> In regards to the the question, um, and I, I mentioned this before, is that like I I'm obviously I'm not doing like I'm one of the people who I'm not trying to make a living doing this. Like doing art for the ABDL community isn't like putting bread on the table for me. Like it's just something I'm doing for fun and as an outlet because it's a part of me and it makes me feel good. And and yeah, like the, the Patreon's been great because it's nice to know that there are people out there who are like, hey, I like your art. I'm going to support you. Here's $3. You know, I love that piece you did last month. You know, here's here's a couple bucks. You know, I, I like that. Like, that's nice. But it, for me, what I really enjoy is just, yeah, people um, reaching out and just saying, hey, I really like your work. And it, it validates what I do. Just hearing somebody say, hey, not even just like a, like getting a like is one thing, or having someone say "oh, cute" is some is one thing. But having somebody reach out and say, "Hey, man, your you know your piece was really, it really you know it, it was so sweet and so cute, and so it came from a genuine place. Thank you. It's I like seeing you post, and it makes me happy every time I see new new work from you. Like that means a lot to me. And like as of the, like I I won't go too deep into this, but like last year was really 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 rough, and I thought about like doing a big purge and leaving the community altogether. Uh, like around this time last year, actually. And um, I kind of uh, spoke, I, I spoke to a bunch of people and they kind of brought me into Sophie and Pudding's Discord group and then eventually this group, but there was other people and a lot of my artists, artist colleagues and people that I knew years ago reached out and it made me feel good to have people reach out and, and, just talk to you and be like, Hey, you know, are you okay? And, uh, I love that you're doing more art again. I love what you do and it, your art makes me happy. And that, that kind of stuff really, um, means a lot to me. And like this, it, I feel more comfortable now in my own skin in this, both as in this community and just as a person because of this, the, the growth I've made in the last year, it's been so, good and i've done more art i think or been more happy and content with the art i do now than i ever did before it's just from all the way back when i first started doing art for the abdo community like and i don't want like i don't want to be a 
Um, I don't want to be a well-known, I don't want to be known as a well-known ABDL artist. Like I have no interest in like getting a lot of followers and getting a lot of views and being the, a name in the community. I don't care if I leave a dent at all in it, but it's just nice knowing that what I do is making people's lives just a little bit better. And it doesn't have to be a grand thing, but it's like, but yeah, what about the clout? <laughs> in the chat, yeah. Oh God. But uh yeah, like I um I don't know. I think I I've learned over time that what I really like, and even in my general art uh life and career, is that like I don't want to be famous, I don't want a lot of money, I just want to live comfortably and I wanna enjoy what I do and make other people happy with what I do and that's all I really want. So just having little people, just little comments from people saying how much they appreciate my work and yes, sharing it and, and, and spreading the word about it is nice too. But I just, that really invigorates me to want me to keep going and keep creating and keep doing what I do. So I didn't want to get too sappy. I didn't want to get too deep in the, into the well, but uh, that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. No, that's good. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I that is uh looking at my notes. That's all the questions that we have, Miss Mimi. Do you have anything else? No, I, I don't have any other questions. Okay. I uh I think we we answered a whole bunch of really really good questions and I I would like to thank you uh again for coming on the show. Um, oh, of course. This was so fun. I really enjoyed this. And I, I mean, I wanted to talk for another three hours to summarize Proust, but um, I guess we don't really have, we don't have <laughs> any more time. Sorry, that was a funny Python joke. Um, but I, this is, but, <laughs> no, I but, got that. But, but, but honestly, this was just a lot of fun, and I was very nervous coming on because uh, I, I, I didn't know what I was going to say at all. I didn't know how I was going to answer any of the questions. And I'm sorry if they were a little long-winded. But um, no, not at all. Was, we love long winded. But, uh, but it was this was this was such a blast. I had such a great time. And it was great just throwing those doodles in the chat and making you laugh. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, no, th those are <laughs> hilarious. Like, OK. Oh, my God. Those are so funny. No, we had so much fun hanging out with you tonight. And it, from the looks of it, chat also had a blast. Like this is the most active I've seen chat since we started doing live episodes. Uh Again, oh, thank really? you so much. Yeah, no, for real. Oh, wow. Thank, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Oh, oh my no God. Problem. This is a what? I completely forgot to talk about Camp Buddy. Shit. <laughs> oh, is that, the, is, that the, is that the game? Yes. Okay. That is the game. Do, do your so, plug. <laughs> she was too busy, busy attempting to run to the potty. Uh, wow. I'll do it super, duper, duper quick. Okay. Dear Jazzy is brought to you in part by Camp Buddy. It's an awesome uh, gay visual novel. You can check it out on at oddswithgod.com slash camp buddy. Use my creator code, Dear Jazzy, no spaces, all caps, to get, uh, I think, 10% off your order, I believe. I'm doing a great job with this plug. Please keep me on as one of your people, as one of your affiliates. Please don't get rid of me. Uh, buy the game. Check it out. There's a free demo. Anything you do supports me as a creator. Please do that. <sighs> okay. The thing. Wait, 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 hold on. I have, I have some, I have something I have to chime in here. So uh -huh. you can't, you, you could get through that long, that that was a long, sprawling, wonderfully <laughs> said plug. 
but you mess up the intro like 87 <laughs> times each week. Like, how, how do you do one and then and not the other? Get wrecked. It's like people. It's like people who can't can't recite the Pledge of Allegiance, but they know like the the Big Mac jingle, like for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know the Pledge of Allegiance. Good. It's not something worth knowing. I do know the Big yeah. Mac jingle, though. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Any closing thoughts, you two, before we close out the show? Um, if I could just quickly plug myself, because I'm, I'm, yes, sh- I am, I am a shameless self-promoter. Um, please, 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 please. We were going to ask where to find Again. you. Oh, yeah, please uh, well, do. I'm on Twitter uh, at... Uh, what is my Twitter handle? God damn it! Juicy. Oh, what about that clout? I know exactly. So uh, you can find me on Twitter on Juicebox underscore Art on Twitter, and then I have a Patreon where I post, um, you know, uh, semi. I just mostly I post art, and it's early, like early release. But if you want to help support me, and that's um, Juice uh, Juicebox or, or Patreon.com forward slash juice box art that's where you can find me on patreon and um yeah i guess that's it that's my plug awesome <laughs> miss Mimi, where can they find you well you can find all my lullabies at soundcloud.com backslash miss Mimi, and i'm on twitter at twitter.com backslash bell Nacht. and jazzy's gonna spell that off for us because she loves it so much B-E-L-L-E-N-A-C-H-T. That's where you can find there me. There you go. And I have to say, in, in relation to your uh, lullabies and stuff, and we, a while ago, Mimi and I did a trade. I did art for Mimi, and uh, Mimi wrote me a lullaby. And I just want to say, now that we're, I know I've told you this over text before, but I want to say it openly, like, now that we're talking audio to audio. Uh, oh, like crap. Um, <laughs> I still listen to that lullaby when I go to bed. Like, I, if I have a, if I'm trying to get to sleep, I have it on my phone, ready to go whenever I need it. It's in my my little audio thing, and I'll have it on a loop, and I'll play it when I'm laying in bed before I go to bed if I'm having a rough time trying to get to sleep. So, like, I still love that lullaby you wrote me. So, Aww. you're gonna make me cry. Oh. <laughs> I'm really glad. <laughs> it's really, it really helps. So please, it, it was, thank you so much. Cause it's amazing how like, uh, like even doing like trades like that, it's so sweet because you get something, but it's like, I still use it to this day. You know, like I still, I mean, because how long ago did you send me that? That was like almost like eight, uh, nine months ago. It was more no, than that. It must've been more than that. It's before my work closed. So it was at least before March. Wow, yeah. So uh, I still listen. To, I still listen to it. So oh, it, it's amazing. It's, it's great. So please uh, commission uh, commission Mimi to get some lullabies and I'll lash forever. Aw, shit! <laughs> I've never you cried can... on show before. Oh, oh. So see, I made oh, you cry. No. I made you cry laughing, and I made you cry crying. So, oh, so I guess my oh. work here is done. Wholesome. Eh. Okay, I, I I'm going to do my shit real quick before I fall apart here. Wait, uh, did you do? Didn't you do your shit like an hour ago when you left the call? And- <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> that's completely talk about a segue just from like a nice poignant moment to completely just flipping the table over. I apologize. <laughs> so sorry. Oh my god. I almost want to throw like ten bucks at you for another doodle of me just flipping the, the show desk. <laughs> Okay, I've been <laughs> I've been just with Starshine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, okay. And I have a caption for it. It's, it's just Jazzy losing her shit. <laughs> I've been just with Starshine. It's okay. You can find me on Twitter at uh, at Lil Jazzy Baby. I fixed the spelling, so it's L I L J A Z Z I E B A B Y. Uh. You can check out. Oh, I just heard the kitty. I'm trying to get her to come oh, say goodbye, but she's being difficult. <laughs> Fanny says, uh, two murders in one day. Best server ever. Um, so, yes, I've been Justin Starshine. Check me out on my Twitter. That's where I am most active. Uh, check out my Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash Starshine. That is how you can directly support the ongoing production of the show. Uh, we are really trying to get it pushed above the 300 threshold by the end of the year. Um, please, whatever you can do uh, is so much appreciated. And if you can't donate to Patreon, sharing the show or even just downloading the show really helps our metrics and it helps us get more sponsors. And that's good. Um, once again, that's patreon.com slash Jasmine Starshine. Uh, and finally you can visit us. Oh wait, no, I need to do the whole thing. Gotta swallow my spit again. Okay. <laughs> Dear Jazz Susan at oddswithgod.com production. You can visit us online at, at oddswithgod.com. Please check out the Patreon to support the ongoing production of the show and check out Camp Buddy as another way to get your rocks off and per- and help the show again. Uh, that's all I've got. There, I did it. <laughs> I did it. Nailed it. But for real, that's all I've got. Uh, any last words? My cat's an asshole. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> we will see you all next time. Thank you, Juice, for joining us. And good night. Thank you for having me. Good night. Good night. All right, Craig, get the fuck out. All right, last thing, last thing I say before we get started is when the way I learned the term Kodak moment was I was sitting in a school bus coming back from a marching band competition. I had my Game Boy Advance, which doesn't have a backlight in it. It was dead at night and I had a flashlight in my mouth. It just looked like I was taking a whole dick. And then the 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 drumline leader was like, whoa, Kodak moment. And I was just like, fuck you. It was great. <laughs>